Welcome to Burnside at Home for Sunday the 5th of June. We're continuing our series in Philippians, Finding Joy right here. And do remember that as well as being able to listen online, uh, you can also watch the service live, you can listen to a podcast, and of course you can come and join with us at 11am any Sunday. Just a couple of announcements today. Uh, First of all, do remember our drop-in, which is taking place every Thursday in June from half 10 to 12 noon. You can drop in and join us and uh, invite others to come along as well. And our uh, prayer meeting is on a Wednesday morning at half past nine. Today, as we worship, we're going to ask, what does salvation look like? We are possibly familiar with the initial moment of conversion. But then, as we follow Jesus Christ, what does it look like as Jesus continues that work in our lives? Paul gives us some examples and reminds us that the process of becoming holy requires a work from God, but also requires us to be active in the process as well. Paul writes here in Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So let's come before him now in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the one who calls us to salvation. You're the one who has chosen us and as you call us, Lord, we are to trust in you as we find forgiveness and the wonderful promise of eternal life. Lord, help us to listen to your call and help us now, Lord, to commit ourselves to you and allow you to work in us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we come as well to work out our salvation with fear and trembling because we realise what an awesome and holy God you are. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for those times whenever we treat you casually and do not give you the respect that you deserve. Lord, today we pray that we might learn the example from others of growing in you, of becoming more like you, of maturing as your disciples. We pray, Lord, that you would teach us and guide us and lead us according to your will. And so, Lord, in this time that we spend together in worship, may we truly honour your holy name and may we come before you humbly seeking you with all our hearts, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read together from Philippians, Philippians 2, and we have reached verses 12 to 30. You may remember in the opening few verses of chapter 2, Paul gave us that wonderfully poetic description of what Jesus has done in humbling himself and giving himself on the cross and then being exalted by his Father. And Paul is now building upon that vision of Christ that we've had. And he says, Therefore, my dear friends, 
as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Amen. And we pray that God will bless to us the reading of his word today. So we ask this question today. What does salvation look like? That is the question we're asking. And as Paul writes this lovely, caring and compassionate letter to these people that he loves in Philippi, instead of giving them complicated theology to try and get their heads around, instead he provides them with three examples of salvation that will help them understand what God is doing. The first example that Paul gives is the Philippians themselves. He has just been describing how Jesus humbled himself and came to this visited planet to die for our salvation. And the implication of this is clear. He says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, 
continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And as I've said in the past, there are really three time scales in our salvation. There is, I have been saved. Looking back to that moment of conversion when we first trusted in Jesus Christ and accepted his mercy as he offers us forgiveness. But then that's in the past. But there's also an element of salvation in the present. I am being saved. This is the daily work of the Holy Spirit making us more like Jesus, helping us to mature as disciples. And then there's also an element of salvation in the future. I will be saved. That's the final consummation whenever we are united in eternity with Christ and we come to live in the new heaven and the new earth. In this passage today, Paul is dealing with the middle one. I am being saved. The present act of salvation. Now, this only applies if you have already been saved and you've taken that step with Jesus Christ of trusting him for forgiveness. And if you have done that, then there is this present element of being saved continually. Paul is looking at the day-to-day process of sanctification, of how God sanctifies us or sets us apart, makes us holy as he is holy. We are saved in an instant when Jesus calls us and we confess our sin and we trust in him. But then there is this daily process that continues of becoming more and more like Jesus. Sin is dealt with in a moment and then the hard work of becoming like Jesus begins. And there are two sides to the process. While we rely on Jesus to save us in the first place, now we enter into the partnership of sanctification. Remember how Paul has already spoken in chapter 1 about this partnership in the gospel. And now we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in us. It's God and us working together. That is what salvation looks like on a daily basis in our lives. If our testimony only looks back to conversion, then we're missing out on the daily growth required to be a disciple. Paul wants us to be an example to others, that we might be the light in the darkness. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And this whole process of becoming like Jesus through his Holy Spirit is going to lead to joy. Both Paul's joy, as 
he is watching the change in the Philippian Christians. But also joy for the Philippians as they realize that they are fulfilling their calling and becoming more like Jesus. And there's a joy for us that as we enter into this partnership with Jesus, he is changing us and making us more like him. So Paul starts off with the example of the Philippians themselves. He says, you are in this partnership with God. You're working out your salvation. He is working in you. Together you are maturing and coming to be more like Christ. Secondly, Paul then gives us the example of Timothy. The letter has been written from Paul and Timothy. So Timothy is obviously with Paul during his time in prison, but Timothy doesn't seem to be under arrest and is free to travel. And Paul wants to send Timothy to the church so that Timothy can come back with first-hand information to Paul. He'll be able to report on how the Philippians are growing and what they are doing daily in their lives. But Paul makes it very clear to the Philippians that Timothy is not being sent as a spy. Timothy is somebody who cares for the Philippians, who loves them. Paul says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. And this is what salvation looks like. Caring for the needs of others. Being concerned for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Not just the ones we sit beside in the pew, but those that we are separated from by distance, by seized by continents. Most people are characterised by only caring about their own interests. But the disciple who has been saved by Jesus Christ should, like Timothy, care more about the interests of Jesus. That means that our time our money, our interests should be used for the things that Jesus likes. Remember last week, Paul was encouraging us to think like Jesus. Well, here is somebody in Timothy that is doing just that. Timothy has the same attitude. He has the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And therefore, he is an example for us that we should care for other Christians. We should look out for other Christians. We should make sure that we have a concern for their welfare. Then Paul gives one more example here. And the third example that Paul gives is of Epaphroditus. He may not be as well known to us as Timothy is, for example, but he has a powerful example to share with us. And although he may not be as familiar to us 
The Philippians know Epaphroditus even better than they know Timothy. Because Epaphroditus is one of the Philippians. He has been part of the church in Philippi. In fact, Epaphroditus has been sent from Philippi to Paul because they heard that Paul was in need. So they chose Epaphroditus from among themselves to go and minister to Paul, to help Paul out, to support him, and probably to bring a gift from the church to supply Paul's needs. Paul is impressed by Epaphroditus. And he now considers him to be a co-worker. Epaphroditus has left his life in Philippi in order to serve the church. And this is what salvation looks like. That whatever life we had planned, God has other ideas for us. And we need to be ready to leave those ideas and work for God. Perhaps it seems like a wonderful adventure for Epaphroditus to be able to go after Paul and be involved in whatever he was doing. But it's not all plain sailing for Epaphroditus. Because during his time with Paul, away from the Philippians, he becomes ill. In fact, he almost dies. But God intervenes and saves him. And yet through all of this, Epaphroditus remains faithful and he carries on working alongside Paul. Epaphroditus isn't suggesting that he should go back to Philippi to recover. He's not suggesting that he should be treated any differently. He is happy to be working alongside Paul. What an example. This is what it means to be a disciple. And Paul tells us that people like Epaphroditus are the ones that we should be honouring with our lives. He says, so then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him. Again, Paul is telling us how we can find joy right here. By welcoming those who are serving the Lord. By taking an interest in their lives. By caring for their needs. By supporting them. By praying for them. This is where true and lasting joy is to be found. In honouring those who have been saved by Jesus. And are continuing to be saved by him every day. We are to honour our fellow disciples, whether they are here in this building or whether they have left and gone overseas and are serving the Lord there. I want to finish with one final example that you won't find Paul citing in this passage. I want to add this one final example this Jubilee weekend And that is the example of the Queen. For 70 years she has served this country and she has been guided by her own saviour and king. I've got some little tracks today which are published to tell the story of the Queen's faith. 
And I want you to take one of them today and read it. And then please, please don't let that little track gather dust. Don't put it somewhere as a memento of the Jubilee. If you want a memento of the Jubilee, go out and buy a mug or a plate or a tea towel or or something like that. Instead, pass it on to someone who needs to meet the King of Kings. Imagine 10 years' time when you're sorting out old papers and you come across this little tract hidden away, gathering dust, and it reminds you of this day. Or... Imagine giving this little tract to someone and then they trust in Jesus Christ and experience the salvation that we're talking about today. And instead of a piece of paper gathering dust, you see a life transformed and a life being continually transformed every day. That is the challenge that I want to give you today. Give this to somebody who needs to know the Saviour and pray that God will use it. Today, God, through his Holy Spirit, is saving those who have trusted in him. If you have never taken that initial step with Jesus, then today is the opportunity to turn to him and receive forgiveness then we can embark on this journey of continually being saved as the Holy Spirit works in us and we work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. So let's bow together now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the salvation that has been purchased for us through our Saviour Jesus Christ. And therefore today we trust in him and ask, Lord, for your blessing to be upon us. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have given to us in Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the examples that we have looked at today of the Philippians, of Timothy, of Epaphroditus, of the Queen. Lord, may we live our lives in such a way that we might be an example to others and that they might come to know you as Lord and Saviour. And so now we pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us all both now and forevermore. Amen.